So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. I stopped talking about love and relationships because it was so many crooks, so many snake oil salesmen. When you're sleeping with multiple women, it's actually empty and lonely and miserable. We got an author, we got a husband, we have a father, we have a mentor, and one of the originators in this space, the OGs, the pioneers. We are in here rocking with Tony Gaskins. My test was, if a woman was willing to sleep with me, like on the first night, that she wasn't wife material. A lot of women are delusional. Why do you think marriage has, has this ugly brand? Every man that, that says marriage is miserable, he's cheating. 70% of women don't have a release during intercourse. And the 30% are probably faking it. You ain't God's gift to women. You a curse to women. <laughs> I have never heard that perspective before, but I can totally see that. I tell my wife all the time, I'm not faithful to you. I'm faithful to God because God is with me 24-7. What I talk to men about is who are you in the dark? Who are you when nobody's looking? Welcome to Harley Initiated. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson, here with another episode of my co-host, Ryan Ketchins. So look, we got one that y'all been waiting on. I would yes. say most requested. One most requested. Most <laughs> requested guest here from our members, from our community. Listen, y'all see, we, we listen to you. Mm -hmm. We listen to you. Because look at the brother we got here, all right? We got an author. We got a husband. We have a father. We have a mentor. And one of the originators in this space the OGs, the pioneers, probably even a big reason that we are all here at this table here today. Facts. We are in here rocking with Tony Gaskins. Welcome to Harley Initiated. Thank you. Thank y'all for having me. Pleasure to be here. Man, it's long anticipated. Listen, we was worried. We, we had to clean up the brand and get Tony. Right. We had to, we had to, get, we had to get it right. right. Had to get baptized, y'all. Right, right. We, we still smell like holy water, man. That's, a, that's how we was able to get Tony up in the studio. So it's a blessing to have you, man. And um, we've um, been anticipating this conversation with you because you have a wealth of knowledge, not even, you know, from just being obviously married for 16 years, mm -hmm. right? So you've lived a lot of what it takes to have success in this space or just even navigate a marriage. But you've also just been in the industry and in the space for so long, man. You've seen things be birthed. You know, people come, even go, and probably still be here in this space. And I'm curious to know because a lot of people that's even watching, you know, they might be people who are, you know, very intentional about their development, wanting to have better relationships, wanting to have, you know, better lives just in general and i think you'd probably be a great person to help them with understanding just who they should be learning from in general and right because right, right. this might be and this, this gonna be look this gonna be a a real tricky topic right here y'all because he might come for your favorite mentor <laughs> but just in general right you know i i, I do think that's a good comment that's a healthy conversation because mm -hmm. i think even in the business space there's a lot of conversation right now mm -hmm about who is the right mentor and coach. Right. So in our space here, right, mm -hmm. who should somebody be looking to learn from? What's mm -hmm. a healthy model of, of who you should be looking to learn from? Right. 
first before we get started i want to say this is not oil on my face this is a five-step skincare routine my wife put in my travel bag so <laughs> okay nice nice shout out to the wifey know, yeah. i want people to know i'm not nervous or sweating it just my wife got this skincare so i keep looking and seeing i'm like man i'm shining but moisturize <laughs> right right but what i would say is we really we live in a society where we have out of shape personal trainers we have broke financial advisors we have single matchmakers we have single relationship coaches mm. we have crooked car salesmen doing your mechanics fixing your car so we live in this world where you don't have to be who you say you are and that's why we are in a situation where we going to hell in a handbasket with gasoline draws on because we have people who have not been in a successful relationship going on tour and creating the relationship narrative so guys are literally hosting events with thousands of people having a conversation with unqualified people on the stage mm. not understanding how the mind works anything you hear your mind accepts it as a truth and you have to spend time refuting it in order to go the opposite way and then we have single relationship coaches who are being highly <clears throat> touted they're being brought on shows with 50 million listeners mm. to give relationship advice and they've never been married and you have to be married even if your marriage fails you have to be married or have been married to be able to tell somebody how to make a relationship work mm. and that's what's crazy and that's what's frustrating and to be honest with you there was a season I sat down I stopped talking about love and relationships because it was so many crooks, so many snake oil salesmen. And I started speaking on just business and entrepreneurship mm -hmm. because I probably have 13 companies and over 70 streams of income at this point because I count every product as a stream of income. And so I went just complete entrepreneurship. But then my <laughs> wife and I had a conversation and she was like, you got to get back to it because if you don't hold your seat at the table, the devil gonna sit somebody else there and they're gonna drive people the wrong way and so that's what brought me back i'm curious what, what do you think attracts because there's a lot of people looking to learn about relationship but what do you think attracts those people to the experts so to speak that are single or never even had a marriage or long-term relationship before one thing i've learned about working with women is a lot of women are delusional mm. they believe that usher is going to spot them in the crowd and marry them a lot of women they won't admit it but a lot of women are following this guy who is single giving advice because they're hoping he will see them in the comments or see them at the event and say and have a story to tell like steve harvey and marjorie i think the story is he saw her at a comedy show or something and when she walked in, he said, I'm going to marry that woman one day. I think that's how it goes. And I realize a lot of women have that belief. I mean, think about the fanfare for R&B singers back in the day and rappers and how they weren't allowed to tell the public that they're married. 
Like the R&B singer could be in a full marriage and it's against the label and his manager's rule to let the women know that he's in a relationship mm. because they'll stop buying tickets. Yeah. So my audience is actually smaller than these new age guys because I'm married. And that's the irony. A lot of women are like, oh, I don't want to listen to him because I ain't got no chance with him. That, let me tell you, I have never heard that perspective before, but that, I, I can totally see that. I can totally see Because yeah. it creates this level of, of fandom. And we have a following, right? So, you know, some women see us as. That's why y'all got the a following. The nephews. I ain't no nephews. Even the older women, you think? Yeah. That's why y'all got a following. Because y'all single. Wow. <laughs> that's why y'all got a following. It's, it, every woman in your audience, if she's single, she would not mind. If y'all are growing and healing and learning, they could eventually see y'all as a potential husband. And and I even have women in my following, even though I'm married, that still have that feeling. And that's why 70% of your audience, and you're two men, 70% of your audience are women, 95% of my audience on YouTube is women. 95%? 95% wow. is women. And But I talk about my wife every day, so... Mine is more so curated to most of them are just trying to learn and hear from a male perspective because their father wasn't too vocal or things of that nature. So in general, you think for a woman, the male perspective in terms of learning and growing, developing is much more attractive than just hearing from a, another woman? Yes, on average. Like, it's some women who they respect and they appreciate the voice of another woman, but most women that I talk to they want to hear from a man because mm. a man is who they're going to lie down with. A man is who they're going to marry and spend their life with. A man is who they're going to partner with to raise their children. So they want to hear about the male perspective. And also men, we have been put in a man box to where we can't talk. So when a woman hears two black men sitting at the table, having deep, good conversation, they're like, what is this? Mm. We, we we got men talking. <laughs> and so it's kind of like they are coming in the barbershop. Yeah. They're coming in the locker room. And a father can't really talk to his daughter because if he talks to his daughter too much, he has to remove his cape and he has to show her Clark Kent. And Clark Kent may have committed adultery. Clark Kent may have committed domestic violence. Clark Kent may have done some things that it's hard for us to talk about. So I'm fortunate to have two sons because I could be all the way there. Yeah. Like, listen, I was abusive in college. I was toxic. I was a womanizer. I slept with this amount of women. Yeah. And I feel more comfortable talking yeah, to Clark my Kent son. Yeah, Clark Kent actually helps you build a relationship right. with your boys. Exactly. But if I had daughters, I would be in a conniption. Mm. Now, you mentioned... Um, you, you said most women are delusional. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the thing. I don't think when you say And that's it, a strong word, but that's from me having been doing this since 2007, that's the point that it's getting to. Mm. And it, it comes from a lack of purpose and a lack of self-love. Like some of the stuff that I deal with with some women is just I want to ram my head through this brick wall, literally. Like some days I'm just like, this cannot be real. I, I could only imagine. And I, and I don't think when we with you saying that as a mature brother, um, you know, and just the way you speak to women in general, I don't think there's many that's going to be offended by you, you know, recognizing the or acknowledging the delusion. 
but it's an entire industry and now groups of men who are capitalizing off um you know speaking about the woman's delusion mm -hmm. so i'm just curious to to get your take in general on men who make money just solely talking about how delusional women are mm -hmm. they really those men are really becoming the scum of the earth and they are doing the devil's work because if i tell a woman hey on this topic right here you delusional but you, you need to come to reality and then i'm gonna help build her up and i'm gonna give her the game and i'm gonna show her how to this is how you protect yourself from <clears throat> a grown boy i'm not just gonna bash her for her lack of knowledge right and bash her for how she was raised or what society taught her i'm gonna be real with her but then i'm also gonna show her the roadmap of this is how you interact with men in a healthy way right this is how you protect yourself from a toxic grown boy but the guys today it's basically for a lot of these men it's a new form of drug dealing hmm. it's a new form of credit card scamming it's a new form of being a jack boy like it's it's a new form of being a pro athlete or a rapper it's like they're saying hey okay these guys get to be athletes these guys get to be rappers these guys get to sell drugs and scam. I'm gonna just sit on here and bash women mm. because I'm gonna rally the men who are broken and hurting. And they're gonna come in the comments and they're gonna clap me up and they're gonna agree with me. And so it becomes this thing to where it, it affects all of us. It affected me in my marriage. Me knowing better, me hearing that, that's how I, that's how I learned the power of the mind. Yeah, it's by me hearing Kevin Samuels talk even for two minutes. I've never watched one of his full episodes. Just hearing him two or three minutes, it made me look at my wife with a side eye. Mm, it made me wow. it made me shift my position from Ephesians five, love your wife as Christ loved the church, to looking at her like, what are you doing? What are you doing for me? When that right there is. It's not my call. You know, it's my call to love her as Christ loved the church and then have an expectation that she reciprocates that. But I have to lead as the man and I have to show that love. And then when I wash her with love because she's created for love, if I married correctly, she's going to reciprocate. And if she doesn't reciprocate, then I know I chose the wrong woman. And then that's when I can make my exit. That's a major part of the beginning, though. That's a major part of the beginning, because if when you isolate the delusion, not only is all that's where all the entertainment is, the comments is, the virality is, but I see how you could have men question even what they have. And I, we was actually just talking about that. We actually did a show yesterday. And with the amount of new content every day that's pouring into the space, where men are currently you know, focusing on this delusion. Like, that's all they see now. Mm -hmm. It's like, all you watch now is our version of Jerry Springer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, all you watching is the toxic, right. digesting that, and, and you building this expectation and this understanding mm -hmm. of who a woman is. Right. And you building up this wall. And on the other side, women are doing the same thing because mm -hmm. they reading the comments, mm -hmm. seeing how men talking about mm -hmm. women. I would never marry no women. Women mm -hmm. ain't this. Mm -hmm. Women ain't that. 
And it's even on the other side, women also building like platforms, mm -hmm. teaching to, to yeah. protect themselves right. from men. Right. And now you're supposed to sit in front of yeah. a brother on a date but, and somehow connect. Right. With all of this built deeply into your subconscious. Mm -hmm. So like you battling just even more than, you know, just the basic things on a date. You battle, you, it's a whole internal war going right. on while you even trying to connect with somebody. Right. It starts with us because see, women are receivers. And I taught this a long time ago, and then I started to hear the scam artists and the fake men try to teach on that type of thing. But when you give a woman something, she's going to give you back what you gave her times 10. So if you cheat on a woman and she decides to cheat back, it's going to hurt us 10 times more than we hurt her. But if we love a woman purely and fully and wholly, she's going to reciprocate. And her love is going to knock us off our feet. Like, when I have my wife in a space of love, she actually get on my nerves because she's so giddy and happy and loving and just talkative. Like, she'll talk for hours straight. And it'll be like, not literally get on my nerves, but I'm like, man, that woman talking, boy. Man, that woman. <laughs> but I realize she's, she's at peace. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. When I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, she like this brick wall and it's like, it's a reflection of me. So if we go out as men and we create toxic spaces and toxic podcasts, women going to create the same and they're going to give us back what we giving them, but they're going to end up hurting us more than we hurt them because a woman comes from a condition of sharing a man from the beginning of time. Men don't come from the conditioning of sharing a woman. So if we start debasing women and throwing it in their face that we see them as trash and we treating them like trash when they reciprocate that we ain't used to that mm. so we could go out and sleep with another woman and our woman may actually cry and forgive us mm. but imagine if our woman go take long strokes from another man we <laughs> never can heal from that we're not built from it. It can yeah. be short strokes from another man. <laughs> right, oh, any right, strokes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and so we have to really process that and think about that's what I had to learn as a man. I had to take responsibility because I come from the other side of it. I come from being a womanizer. I come from being that man who was toxic. And I had to learn the responsibility is on me. And I set the tone. I set the stage. A woman is created for a man. Like Eve was created solely for Adam. And when you understand that a woman is created for love, but a man has to learn how to love, then that's when you realize if you can learn how to love and love this woman purely, you're going to be the happiest man on the planet. Mm. I'm very curious because you, you talked about coming from that, that past of being a womanizer. And it seems that most men who, who don't have that experience – they still want that experience first before they go and become this whole man that's taking care of their woman. What do you think attracts men to wanting to go through that process, to actually experience being a womanizer first before they go to the, the next level? It's because of the conditioning of men. We aren't allowed to be transparent. We aren't allowed to be vulnerable. So as men, we paint misery as happiness. So when you're sleeping with multiple women, it's actually empty and lonely and miserable. It's actually Russian roulette because every time you come out of another woman, you got to pray to God, Lord, please don't let me have HIV. Please don't let me have genital warts. So you're playing Russian roulette. 
Lord, please don't let her be crazy and get attached to me and start slicing my tires and busting my windows out. And But men don't go and tell that part of it. We instead go and, hey, I just hit this chick, man. I did this and I did this. Hey, and I hit this chick. And, man, I got, I got this one. I got this one. I got this one. And we paint our misery as happiness. And so other men want to go experience that because we lame when we in that space. And we embrace that lameness, not realizing that a man's strength is his gentleness, not him being able to spread himself so thin. And my mom used to tell me all the time when I was growing up, baby, don't spread yourself so thin. Baby, don't spread yourself too thin. I knew I did not know what she meant. I just didn't understand what that term meant. And I was doing what everybody else was doing, but I had an advantage. So guys was like, man, I want this chick. I want this chick. I want this chick. But I was a black man who starred in sports and I had hazel eyes. So it made me different in my whole city. <laughs> I was the only guy who was a young black man who was a sports star and looked halfway decent. Like most, so that put me in a position to where the women was like, the little girls, you look different. And I had a mom and dad. Mm. And a lot of guys didn't have that. So it looked like I come from money. And even though I lived in a $45,000 house, and my parents worked normal jobs making 30 to 40 K it looked way more stable than what was around me. Right. So it gave me a unique advantage to be able to play that game. And in playing that game, I realized how empty it is. And that's why men want to do it because men are not coming out and saying, I feel real alone and sleazy and worthless and like, my mom would not be proud of what I just did with this this young lady or these three different women in one day. And I was at a state in my life to where I sleep with three different women. I, one 24-hour period, I slept with three different women. And they were not prostitutes. They were not strippers. This yeah. was, And I was not – I was in college. Mm. I was yeah. not rich. I was not successful. I just was a player. And that's where I speak from, the reality of it. So what I'm telling the stories of is real life stories, whereas a lot of guys, like the guy from um, Fresh and Fit, the dark skinned one, he'll sit down there and just lie. And and when you done actually been out there and played the game, you know what he's saying is not true and it don't add up at all. And so we gotta start telling the truth about the loneliness and the misery of it. And then men will be like, and then we gotta start expressing the beauty of marriage. See, now, now that's the part. When you look at just over the last five, ten years, maybe even more, it's been so many just subtleties of how when people address marriage, especially with men, they kind of address this, oh, you're about to sign up for that. <laughs> like, it's kind of like this underlying misery that we all assume comes with marriage. Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexy about even when how guys low key talk about marriage. It's almost like they done lost a, a fallen soldier. Like, uh, <laughs> damn, right, right. lost one. One just left the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's not something that we look at as like a promotion in life. Right. As like, you're going to the next level of life. Right. It's you settled down. Right. Right. Not you leveled up. Yeah. So that's the thing about it. Like, why, why do you think marriage has, has this ugly brand to I'll, it right I'll now? I'll tell for you me? why. 
So you can't cheat the grind and you can only get out what you put in. So you work out, y'all work out, right? So if you go to the gym and you do five curls and you do five reps on the bench and then you leave, what are you gonna get from that? So if I come to you and after you doing five curls and five bench press and I say, hey man, how amazing is the gym? Like, like how, how does it, what does it do for your body? Like, are you, you getting gains? You're gonna be like, man, no, it's a waste of time. Like it's, it don't do nothing. You don't, you don't experience nothing. That's what we doing in marriage. Men are going into marriage and doing five curls mm. and then leaving the gym and then going and saying, I ain't getting nothing out of this. I ain't getting no gains. So every man that, that says marriage is miserable, he's cheating. Every single man. Wow. wow. Every wow. single man who says marriage is miserable, he's not investing 100% of himself into his marriage. When mm. and so, so I'm very unhappy with my marriage when I'm not giving what I should give. But when I give what I should give, marriage is the best thing on the world. Because when you think about marriage, you have somebody who is everything like she literally this one person becomes everything in your life she becomes the the person who can clean the person who can cook the person who can be your counselor your therapist your life coach she can be your manager your publicist your ceo like she literally becomes everything that you need and a woman is a utility player so it's like if i come to you and and you a gm of a team and i say hey i'm gonna give you um travis hunter or i'm gonna give you adrian peterson adrian peterson good but you're gonna want travis hunter because he played wide receiver he played cornerback he could return kicks if you need him to run the ball from the backfield, he can. If you need him to take a snap at quarterback and run, he can. That's what a woman is. She can do almost anything that you need her to do. And as men, a lot of times we don't realize how one-dimensional we are. And we don't realize how bad of a deal a woman gets. <laughs> so this is the thing. With women, as a man, we get a good deal. If we go inside of a woman who is any size you think from the smallest to the largest woman we get the same release mm -hmm. if we whether she's black white green purple we get the same release 70 percent of women don't have a release during intercourse and the 30 percent are probably faking it so and the ones who actually enjoy sex typically were touched as a child and they were introduced to it very early so when we really honest and this is why I had to come to a place of honesty and realize like a man who is faithful and in love maybe can last for five minutes unless he's masturbating every day mm. but it takes a woman 13 to 40 minutes to have an orgasm so 99.9% .9 of women are not even being pleased sexually by a man and that's the only thing that a man want and then when a man a woman actually will feel better having conversation for two hours with her man 
but a man don't want to talk two hours because he'd rather be on the Xbox or the PlayStation or watching the game. And so this was the realization from being a dog, from being an abusive boyfriend in college, being a serial cheater. When I had my run-in with Jesus on the road to Damascus, this is what he showed me, that you ain't God's gift to women. <laughs> you are cursed to women <laughs> until you are renewed. Then you become who I intended you to be for her. Did you figure that out prior to marriage? Or did you get into the marriage, bump your head, and then have to figure that joint out? I'm still figuring it out today. I'm still working today. Like, I'm still, there is, marriage is a job that you cannot retire from. But that doesn't mean that you're not paid well. It doesn't mean you don't have a pension, 401k. It doesn't mean that you don't have three weeks paid vacation. But marriage is a job. And you got to wake up and you got to go to work every day. Hard hat, lunch pail, steel toe boots. And you got to do the work. And if you're not willing to do the work, you you don't eat. I want to ask you this, too, because very interesting conversation we had recently. We had um, a Pastor Brian on who was very honest about his fallouts. He cheated on his wife. They had a whole divorce. It was, you know, highly popularized. And what he said, one of the mistakes that most men make is prior to going into a relationship, they don't practice monogamy. And I was... Remember when he said, I'm like, what the hell does practice monogamy mean? And what he explained was, if you've never proven that you can be monogamous prior to going into a marriage, then what makes you think that you have the, even the ability to be faithful? And it makes sense because most guys, they smashing all the way up to the bachelor party, mm -hmm. right? And then next day, they supposed to be vegan, mm -hmm. right? It's like a right. whole new lifestyle, right? right. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I, I want to I know this. And that was just so interesting to me, too, because obviously... As somebody who's maturing and really considering that next level of life, I'm like, okay, it's it's like it's some actual practical processes I need to put myself through first. Mm -hmm. And and I want to ask you that too because when you think about that, did you have like what was that moment where you said, okay, I'm cutting off all the backups? Because I know it's interesting. Some of us sometimes us as guys. We don't even have to always physically cheat. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to message mm -hmm. back and forth every mm -hmm. now and again just to know, just to get some kind of, you know, sexual intimacy or back and forth with a woman there. And that might just be what you need right there at that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to take it all away, mm -hmm. right? But just in general, when did you remove all of that mm -hmm. from your life and say, you know what? Now, boom. I'm 100%. I'm all in right here. I got I got no plan Bs. Mm -hmm. For me, it was 2009. So I was I got married in 2007. And I was, I turned 23. And then I got married maybe, I turned 23 March 8th. I got married March 30th. And I came from being a womanizer. So it took me two years of, like not have I didn't have backups but I wanted a backup and I was open to a backup and I would have if I would have kept depending on just my strength I would have failed and so like you said Dr. Bryant said where he went wrong is is he depended on his own wisdom and his own strength where especially him being a pastor we have to know the power of Christ so I tell my wife all the time, I'm not faithful to you. Mm. I'm faithful to God. 
because God is with me 24-7. I could cheat on my wife right now, and she would never find out unless the other woman told because she's in a space of she's not checking my phone. She's not calling me, bothering me when I'm on the road. I could be cheating all the time but because cheating is easy. Right, it is. But what I talk to men about is who are you in the dark? Who are you when nobody's living? I'm when nobody's looking. So for me, I literally pretend that Jesus Christ is right beside me. And if I got to sin, like let's say I want to masturbate or something like that, I'd be like, Lord, you're going to have to turn your head now. <laughs> like I, I literally have to have that conversation myself. And so I take it to that level because I understand that in our life we have principles. But where you have principles, you also have promises. And so in order for me to receive the promises, I had to keep the principles. So I want to go full-fledged and see if God is not a liar, I'm going to keep your commandments. I'm going to live by your principles, and I'm going to see what promises I receive. So I got promises that no man I knows, no man that I know has. Mm. I've received promises that no man I know has, and it's because I've kept principles that no man I know has. So them principles go across the board from your mindset, your heart's posture, your, your conversation, your your eye gates, like who you willing to marry, who you willing to be with, how you go about that. I did a different process and I got different results. And so, but whenever I backtrack, if I go to a place to where I'm talking to my wife too, too blunt, too aggressive, everything will start to fall apart. And so really we have to be renewed creatures. A man will never be able to be faithful on his own cognizance and his own strength. It's not in us. We, we created to be fruitful and replenish the earth. We're not created to cheat. We're created to be mm. fruitful and replenish the earth. So as long as we got that tick in us, mm-hmm. we're going to want something. But you got to have, most men don't have purpose. And a lot of men don't understand the concept of what I call seeds and weeds. And the Lord gave me this of where, where God plant a seed, the devil plant a weed. So I'll be honest with you, because you're speaking about Dr. Bryant. I honestly believe, I, I listened to his podcast years ago, and just on three or four episodes of his podcast, it was his sermons, was like the deepest, most informative things I've ever heard on three or four podcasts. Like he taught me about science, he taught me about my body, like he taught me about my mind, and I listened to three episodes, and from them three episodes, I learned why he is so spiritually embattled. Because single-handedly, Dr. Brian could be Moses and set the captives free. But every single man who can set the captives free are deeply embattled in spiritual warfare. Mm. Like, even my father, he is, I've never heard T.D. Jakes as deep as T.D. Jakes is, as anointing as he is, he honestly like a candle to the sunlight compared to my dad. But my dad has never come from behind the scenes solely because of his own embattlement. Mm -hmm. And so me seeing that, I'm like, man, I can't, I cannot lose to spiritual warfare because the world, God has called me and the world needs that. And I think that's where men fail at. So you don't have to practice monogamy. 
It ain't about that. It's just you got to be willing to die out to self. You got to be willing to turn that switch because you could go to the doctor today and he could say, hey, if you don't live right, if you don't change your life, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got no time to practice. You, when you walk out of there, you have to have a made-up mind that you finna make new decisions or you're going to die. But, you know, but, but see, I think that's the – but, see, I think that's the – I think y'all saying the same thing because here's the thing. For men who are screwing all the way up until they bachelor party and saying they're going to change afterwards, they haven't made their mind up. Mm -hmm. They just have this delusion that somehow after marriage they're going to become this different person when they really are one foot in, one foot out. They, it's, it's a double-mindedness there. Mm -hmm. They haven't truly committed. So I think the commitment even starts before marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I, also, even when you consider why you fast, mm -hmm. you know, in religion, I think just to make sure that you as sharp as you think you are, make sure you as sharp as you say you are, like you could die out that flesh, for real, for real. And I just had this conversation too, it's crazy. I was just talking to my boy. We talked for like two, man, we, it's one of them boys where y'all probably only talk six months, every six months, but you probably don't talk to him about two, three hours when y'all talk. Mm -hmm. And we was talking about the concept of being faithful. And I told him, cause man, we've interviewed hundreds of people at this point. And of the brothers that I spoke to, cause I've been, I've been low key interviewing men all my life. <laughs> and of the men that I've, I've noticed that can be faithful. I've noticed that the men that are truly faithful in their marriages, they're not faithful because they want to make their wives happy. They're faithful because cheating is an act against God. Mm -hmm. It's like cheating is way bigger than just, I don't want to make my wife mad. That's not even big enough to make a man fight his desire to want to have sex. Mm -hmm. So it makes, it makes sense to me like, if you're not even at a at a place, if your relationship spiritually is not even there yet, you're probably not going to be able to commit to that level. Right. And to be honest with you, that's why I'm in the relationship space. Because for me personally, I don't respect a man until he's married. Like a man mm. does not earn my respect until he's married Damn. And, and faithful. Damn. Like he could bench press 500. He could make a million dollars a week. He can have a jet. He can have houses around the world. A man does not have my respect. He, he will have my kindness. He will have, you know, my love as a, as a brother, as a man, but he won't have my respect and admiration until he can be married and faithful. So is that the highest level of a man? It's the, it's the highest level of a and man. And faithful in particular. It's and the faithful. Because anybody could be married. That's a piece of paper. Yeah. See, Real marriage is a covenant because when we had marriage with God, we didn't have a courthouse. We didn't have a piece of paper. We have a covenant. So the piece of paper does not mean anything. And I remember my dad telling me that he was like, listen, if you think that piece of paper going to change something, it's not. And we have to have a covenant. And this is what you'll notice when you look around. And this is why I was telling y'all with a lot of podcasts that won't bring me on. They, they won't bring me on because they know from my message what I stand on. And they don't want their wives or their girlfriends to see that this is a level of living that's capable and I'm settling when Cherie Gaskins has this mindset and you around here talking to me like crap and you around here talking about I got to give you a hall pass and, 
and every man cheats and all of this. So they don't want to expose their woman who's in the darkness to men who speak in the light, who's showing the light. Mm. And so because of that, you will notice most black men and men in general choose business and motivation over relationships because it's easier to talk about making money than it is to talk about being faithful to one woman and loving one woman purely. Because what I have come to realize, the hardest thing for a man to do, and guys always capping in the comments when I say this, but they're not really living it because I'm, I'm living it. The hardest thing for a man to do is be faithful to one woman. And, and what I mean by being faithful is not just about not having sex, but I also mean by cultivating her heart and mind, by speaking life into her, by understanding that his greatest strength is his gentleness, by not talking down to her, by not dictating and controlling and trying to silence her and make her what men are looking for today are robots. They want Elon Musk to make them a robot. <laughs> They want a lap dog. That's why guys fall in love with their King Cane Corsos and they pit bulls. Men want a lap dog. They want a woman to resemble a dog. But a woman, she got a heart. She got a mind. She got a feeling. She's going to get on your nerves. She's going to say some stuff that you don't like. She's going to be disrespectful sometimes when she is angry or she flustered or she's stressed. And as men, we got to understand how to be spiritual warriors to where we could go into a place to where we can take those emotions and we can take and change it and give it back to her in peace. And so we brag about being men, but we don't know how to put real stuff on our shoulders. We'll put financial stress on our shoulders, but not emotional regulation and management from the household. And that's the hardest thing. Mm. I think both women and men are running away from that level of responsibility. But um, we actually had an episode uh, about a week ago or a couple weeks ago. It was uh, why she disrespects you. And we just went through some common mistakes that men make to, you know, pretty much garner this level of disrespect from, from women. And I noticed in the comments, we would have men to say, hey, if she's a good woman, there is no way she di would disrespect you. <laughs> right. So I'm just very, so, right. That's the thing. So I'm very curious. Would a good woman or can a good woman disrespect her man? Yeah, because she's a human. Mm. Every human will disrespect somebody at some time. A woman is a human. So even there's times when I'm perfect and my marriage and my wife will be disrespectful yeah. because she's having a mood that day. And it's like, and I'll and I go to her and I'll say, listen, nah, nah, I'm, I'm talking to you right and I'm doing the right <laughs> thing and now you snapping on me. I just asked you a question. Like, I just asked you, hey, you know, is the chairs in the, in the back of the truck for the soccer game? And you... Yeah, they're in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, hold on, nah. hold on. I'm, I'm like, hey, listen, watch your tone, nah. Do not talk to me like that. And so when I'm good, that's spiritual warfare, though. That's what people don't understand. Everything is spiritual. We spirits. God is a spirit. That's why I say worship God in spirit and in truth. So when a man is good, the woman going to be bad. And then when the woman bad, or I mean, when the man bad, the woman going to be good. But then what we have to do is we got to understand how the pendulum swings. And so when I'm getting ready to get in my bag and I'm finna be him, all the way him, like a child of God, 
I let my wife know, hey, listen, I'm finna go into a new space. I'm finna go into a season where I'm going to be clicking on, firing on all cylinders. You need to watch yourself and you need to be prayed up because you finna start getting tested and tried because that's how spiritual warfare works. And so I give her heads up and I let her know and then she'll be on her P's and Q's. And as a man, we are, that's what protection is. That's what covering is. It's not just paying bills. Like paying bills is the least of it. Like when I got zero dollars, when I'm in the negative, my wife got a smile on her face. If I am protecting her heart, like she don't care nothing about money. And she got everything you could dream of. Like right now, my wife got an Escalade, a Range Rover, and a convertible C300. And she don't even drive the C300. It's been sitting in the garage for months. But she got it. And she don't really drive the Range Rover. She drive the Escalade. She got everything a woman could dream of financially and materially. And anytime funds is tight, and I'm like, we can't spend this, we can't spend that, she'll just she'll ride with me through that season. And that's what men have a misunderstanding of. A lot of men, oh, I got to have my finance right. Oh, a woman is this. Oh, a woman is that. When we really don't even understand ourselves enough to begin to understand a woman. And I've learned, and God had to show me, Tony, no, women are not perfect. Women are not pure. Women are not holy, holier than thou. Women are a product of a man. Eve is a product of Adam. A daughter is a product of her father. A wife is a product of her husband. So when we understand that every disrespectful woman who is just disrespectful off the rip, mm. look at her story. She got an absent father or she got a formerly or abusive boyfriend or husband that she was with for X amount of years. And now her heart is so cold, she had to become a savage in order to survive. Wow. So, but healthy women too can be also disrespectful. Yes. Or disrespect. Yeah, yeah, because like you say, you healthy, but you also could go eat a Big Mac. Mm. You also could drink a Mountain Dew. Sometimes you just feeling trashy, and you like, man, I'm finna hit this Popeyes. Right. And you take care <laughs> of your body, but you finna hit that Popeyes. So yeah, a healthy woman, <laughs> a healthy man, it, we cannot pedestalize humans. And yeah. in order for us to win, in order for us to come together and work, we have to understand the humanness and how real and regular we are and we can't say because women say to me all the time and i and i get on them with that uh, uh tony gaskins <laughs> anytime they get mad with me a man of god would never do that and i have to tell them a man of god is a man i said what was david david was what was david called daddy daddy what was david called a man after God's own heart. And what did David do? He seen Bathsheba bathing out there naked. He looked out there and seen her naked. I was lusting. Figured out who her husband is and set her husband up to be killed. Mm -hmm. Was it Urias he put on the front line? Mm -hmm. And had Urias killed so that he could have his wife. And this is a man after God's own heart. This is when you could go to the mountaintop and sit and talk with God. Like, literally. And so that's what I try to tell women, too. Like, a man of God is Dr. Bryant. Mm -hmm. And look what happened with his story. 
you know, it's a lot of men of God that's cheating right now. <clears throat> that's cheating this very moment. It's mm. a lot of men of God that's going through divorces, that's domestic violence cases. Every single human is human. Man of God, man or woman. So how, how does a how does a woman know? Like, how do you evaluate a man? Because it's a lot to say. I agree with you. A woman is a product of a man. So like every uh, the best way for her to predict where her life is going to be is based upon the man she selects. So how does she know if a man is a man of God or a man that's, you know, worthy to, you know, pretty much be the, the her future of her kids, her legacy and everything else? Like, what does she look at to see that this brother is that dude? The issue with relationships today is, and is maybe has always been the case, is that women look more for money than they do for character. So what I tell every woman I know is, let a man's character be his currency. And if a man's character is his currency, you will find out that a lot of rich men are broke. And a lot of broke men are rich. But most women on average don't wanna hear that because they wanna, they think provision is just finances. But provision first starts with your emotional state, a man being emotionally intelligent, because in order to really climb as a man, and not just climb, but to sustain, you have to have an emotional regulation. And so what women should be looking for is a man who is emotionally regulated. And I've struggled with that the most in my life and trying to come to a place to where I can be the lion and the lamb. Most mm. men are one or the other. Most men are very stoic, but they don't know how to be romantic and gentle. Yeah. And then most men are super romantic and gentle, but they don't know how to be emotionally regulated and stoic. Yeah. But when we find that balance, that gentle ba balance of the lion and the lamb or the boy and the man, that's what a woman should look for. Is this man cool under pressure? And then is he also fiery with passion? So when it comes to planning her birthday, it should be an extravaganza. It should be roses, flowers, balloons, rose petals on the floor. But then when it comes to protecting the family or we in a financial crisis, this man has to be calm in that storm and not start smoking 12 blunts a day <laughs> you know, start, like think about it not not drinking a bottle of hennessy a day yeah. but able to just kind of sit and go into his warrior pose and say okay what am i gonna do to get us out the situation and and that's where women can't see that because most men don't even understand that themselves and that's that's the space that i'm working on of like right now we in a recession like what I do is a luxury. So if you got to choose between a coaching session with me or buying one of my courses and your gas, you're going to choose your gas. So right now I have to be very resourceful. So I'm still on track to make seven figures this year, but I literally have to be very resourceful. I have to create out of nowhere. And in order for me to create, to keep taking care of my family, I got a million bills that's due right now. It's probably bill collectors calling me right now. Tony, when you finna pay this car note now? But <laughs> I got to create, you know, and I have to. But if I go and I'm snapping on my wife and I'm and I'm taking it out on her, now I'm not protecting. 
Now I'm not providing, mm. not even financially, but spiritually and emotionally. Mm. And so that's the mistake that women are making today. And one of the things that women are doing is they lying. Mm. They lying to themselves. And the worst lie you could tell is a lie to yourself. So even outside of what men are doing that is just absolute trash, what a lot of women is doing is they're saying, oh, I want a man of God. I want a man with character. But then when they meet that man and he make 30000 <laughs> and so not realizing that that 30000 in a few years is going to be 300000 when that man has his woman beside him and she believe in him and she supporting him. And that's what happened with me and my wife. Let me, let me, tell, let me tell you another lie here often. Women say this too all the time. They say, if I'm going to cry, I'd rather cry in a, what is it, in a Rolls Royce versus me cry in a damn Camry. Right, oh, that's right. That's what future say. Right. right. No, 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 no. That's what women say. Women say, like, eat, They've all men cheat. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sad regardless, but I'd rather be sad in a Bentley versus the damn Honda Accord. Right. So it doesn't, like, they, they, they pretty much remove the evaluation of character and say, I might as well go ahead and take the money because all men perform at the same level. And those are those women that I was telling you about who have been violated at a young age. Mm. Most of the time when you talk to those women, they've been violated from that age of two. Some maybe it started at 10 or 11. And so when you look up to a man and you trust him and this is your father or your uncle or your grandfather or your mom's boyfriend and he violates you, now your whole world has been ripped apart. Mm. But you never see a woman who had a strong example of a father have that mindset. She also wants a quality, emotionally intelligent man, as well as a man who can provide financially, and she's willing to go through that process with him. And I, I've seen it even with my sister, being with men that she's trying to help build them. Like she's trying to help them get on their feet and like stay there. And it's just because she has an example of a healthy man, a healthy father in her life. So she's not just going in and saying, hey, you gotta be a millionaire or hey, you gotta make a hundred thousand a year. And But on the flip side, in that same case, women who do that, a lot of times they looking at the wrong things yeah, and they want a bad boy. And you can't have a good man, but he be a bad boy. Like, in order to have a good man, he's going to have to be seen as a simp. He gonna be a lame, he gonna be a square, because you can't have both. You can't have a guy who give you the, the energy of a dope dealer, but then he also give you the energy of a, of a pastor, you know, for long. He might balance it for a, a little season, but we got to go in one realm or the other. Mm. And that's, where I had, that's what happened with me, to where most men don't feel comfortable around me. Like, most men don't like me, because they feel like I'm judging them, mm. not realizing that I have been way worse than they ever dreamt of being. So I'm never judging them. I'm just standing on what I stand on in the season that I'm in. And the truth got to go forward. I was, uh, G.S. Youngblood says that. It says that one of the hardest things for uh, a weaker, undisciplined man to do is be around a, a strong, honorable man. Mm -hmm. It's just very difficult. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you this, because you mentioned how dynamic women are. Right, and you talked about being like Travis Hunter. They can play multiple positions on the field, which I 100% agree with. And I think you know corporations know that, which is why they want to get more women. Schools know that, which is why they want to get this money from these women. Right, the church knows that, mm -hmm. which is why church goes after women because women gonna give. They're gonna be a part of the community. They're gonna help build the church. 
So, and I, and I want to say women also know their, that dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. But is it possible that women could be using work, even the church, more school as some level of escapism instead of buckling down, doing the eternal work that they need to be able to commandeer the, the man of their dreams or build that family? Mm -hmm. That's 100%. There are millions of women in that space. And that's why I teach on what I call the three B's, brain, brand, and body. And brains meaning just have, getting knowledge. That's where your faith resides. That's where you understanding who you are as a person, understanding the opposite gender. And then brand, meaning your career or the company you've started or what you do with your gifts and your purpose. And then your body, meaning who you're sleeping with, also mm -hmm. what you're eating, how you're working out. And what I find is that most people have one or two Bs and not the third. And so when I'm coaching women, almost 90% of them, they're lacking the body. Mm. And that is from escapism. Whereas with men, 90% of them have the body. And, and a lot of women have the brains and the brand. And then a lot of men have the body and the brand. And so it's always that one B that's lacking. And so like right now, y'all have the body and the brand. And by having these conversations, you're getting the brain meaning you're getting real knowledge, holistic knowledge, new knowledge. Once you overcome that and you get to a space to where you, you're comfortable in your mind and you feel like you got an understanding of yourself and an understanding of women, an understanding of love, and an understanding of relationship because it's a difference between love and a relationship. Yeah. And once you got that understanding, now you got all three Bs, now you husband material, now you father material, and now you could go forward in your life and – and you would want to do those things with very quick succession. You don't want to waste too much time being a single man. Is that when a man knows that he's ready? Like, I, if, you, if you use that formula, that, that's, is that probably the better, best test to know? Right. That's when you know you're ready. But the thing about it is, is we'll never be 100%. So I heard John Hagee say, if you got half the mind to get married, get married. And make up the other half in marriage. Because <laughs> wait until you 100% is equivalent to that anecdotal advice about not waiting at home until every light is green. So if we say, hey, I'm not going to go to work until every light is green, then we will never leave home because there's always going to be a yellow and a red light on the way. And so that's the same thing with men and when it comes to marriage. Like when, you, when your heart wants it and you say, you know, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm about there, you got to jump in and you got to keep doing the work because we are forever working. I've been married 16 years. I can't rest. I got to get up every single day. We've had multiple men to, to access our age. I'm 34, Tyshawn being 30, and look at us after that and say, like, man, what are y'all doing? <laughs> where y'all wives at? Where y'all kids right, at? Right. Facts. And you, a man that got married at 23, old, 23 years old, correct? Yeah. So I'm curious, and for, this is for men and women alike, is there an age that we should be going ahead and looking for that long potential long-term interest? I started looking for my wife at 16, and but I had an unfair advantage, which kind of we what we would call an outlier 
you know, I have a father in the home. <laughs> right. So um, that is, is unfair. <laughs> right. That is completely unfair, right? It's, it's sad that that's unfair, man. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's very sad. So me having a father in the home and me seeing him show up every single day, I'm like, man, I want to be that type of guy. Like, I want to have a wife. Like, I want to have a family. And, like, people used to come up to my dad. I remember my basketball coach, he came up to my dad, come up to his window. We was getting ready to leave the gym. And he was like, hey, man. You my role model, like, man, I want to be just like you one day. I want to be just like you. I want to be married, have a family. And so for me, I started looking early. And I didn't know how to look or what I was looking for. And I met my wife at 21. And unfortunately, my test was if a woman was willing to sleep with me, like, on the first night, that she wasn't wife material. Mm-hmm. And I, unfortunately, 99% of women that I met was willing to sleep with me on the first night. And I just did not understand that dynamic or what that was. And women get mad at that when I say that, but I always tell women, all is fair in love and war, and you can't expect somebody to come and protect you who don't know you. So you got to know yourself, and you got to have rules for yourself. And one of, one of your rules is don't ever give your body to somebody that you don't know, love, and trust. And so that's why I wanted to be married, because for me, I believe that we should tackle the hard things before the easy things. So if I know it's hard for us to be faithful, I want to tackle that big job first so that when I'm tired and I'm weak, now I could focus on the little jobs because they're not that hard. And so when I made a million dollars in a year and I was working seven to 10 hours a week, I'm like, oh, I've worked 80 hours a week for years to build a brand, build a brand. And then now I'm at the point to where I don't have to work 80 hours a week no more. So I did the hard, that 80 hours a week, and then I could do the easy. And what men are doing today, men doing it backwards. Men going and doing the easy, which is making money and Mm -hmm. building a brand, and then want to go get married, which is the hardest thing you ever going to do in your life. But now you can't do it properly because you already got money. And most men, I think I heard this from Lil Wayne, say most men equate their net worth to their self-worth so we only feel based on what we have in the bank or in savings what we're worth and that's that's the wrong way to assess ourselves as men what do you think we should how should we do it then if it's not looking at your net worth if it's not looking at your paper how should a man especially a brother that's currently in that space how should he rewire his mind to see his worth a man should assess himself based off of his heart's intention. So if a man is pure and a man wants purity and a man has good intentions and those intentions lead to good actions, then that man should see himself as a billionaire. Mm. So I'm not a billionaire, but I call myself a billionaire. I think like a billionaire. I move like a billionaire. And that has nothing to do with sleeping and working out which a lot of people think. A lot of people just assess money to routine. I made I made a million dollars in a year sleeping in until 10, 10 a.m., going to bed at 3 p.m. and not working out at all. What that is, and it's a byproduct of where your heart is at. So when your heart is in the right place and you are pure-hearted, the things that all the trappings that they give us as men is all lies. So it's guys getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and because they heard somebody say get up at three o'clock in the morning, the next thing you know, they got a headache and they throwing up at, at noon. Mm-hmm. 
and they can't even function because they think that in order to be a millionaire, you got to get up at three o'clock in the morning. No, you just have to have your heart in the right place and you taking healthy, pure actions in your life. You got to have your own barometer for success and everybody's success is going to look different. So for me, I said, you know what, in order before I build anything, I want to be married. I do not want to build and then not be able to tell if this woman is here for my money and success or if she's here for my heart and my mind. And so I married my wife at the bottom, ramen noodles, wick, government cheese, no furniture in the apartment, our son paying the rent because he had SSI checks from being born two and a half months early. I was making $20,000 a year, $19,900 a year, working 40 hours a week in a group home. I married my wife then. As a grown man, that's what I was making. People say, oh, you was young. No, rent is the same price for a 18-year-old as it is for a 50-year-old. Mm. So it don't matter how old a man is, you still got to pay rent, car note, insurance. And so that's what happened with me. And that's why I tell men, find you a woman who has your same foundation, meaning in the core beliefs, she believes those things. Me and my wife has the same belief about how we should raise our children, same belief about our faith, and the same belief about our politics, the same belief about finances. We have the same beliefs on the core foundations that you build life upon, and then everything else we complete opposites. How long did y'all date, by the way? Ten months. We, we dated the first time, and I wasn't ready. It was probably about two months. She really wasn't ready either. And then we was apart for six months, and then we got back together, and we was married 10 months later. I like this. Uh, but I knew from the first conversation. I just wasn't ready to give in. I wasn't ready to change. So I knew she was a wife, but I wasn't ready to be a husband, meaning I wanted to still be toxic and controlling. And she went with that. She was like, you're going to keep the promise that you sold to me when we were sitting on that park bench about who you wanted to be as a man. Now you're not being that. I'm out of here. I think many, many men think like that. I um, I like the game that you're giving to both the men and the women. But, you know, we mentioned that the majority of our following is 70% women. You talked about your following, 95% women. So one of the biggest issues that we have is getting more men to the platform to engage in this level of personal development through relationship education, right? right? Now, I, and this is why I sympathize with the, the guys who go to the red pill community. I sympathize with them because I was in that place. The I was I was worried about focusing on all of the symptoms. So when I went to do research, it was how to flirt with women, how to talk to women, how much money you spend on dates. It was all to cure this symptom of not being able to get women so I can get to the womanizer. I wanted to become the womanizer, right? Now, once I got to the message, of course, and I started to to dig in, I start I really, and that's the thing. That's the thing about the the red pill community. It is gamified and it's competitive because as a guy, that, that's what's easy. It makes it very easy for us to learn. Okay, so it's about how many numbers I get, how many women I sleep with. So now you start to learn these different manipulation tactics and tricks very quickly, right? So you kind of feel yourself becoming more powerful until you run into the same wall you ran into and you realize how empty it was. Mm-hmm. Now, fortunately, I was in a position to where I was able to escape that school of thought and I was still very curious about becoming this holistic man which is why we got the pod going and why we bring these great men on like yourself, right? But 
a lot of that that mess it takes me a while to get around to that message right because god's not looking that up so if you are in that space to where you know you got some issues that you know you're not really sure really you know you know the symptoms not being able to get women and so forth being broke and all of that what do you research like how do i find what i need without first penetrating through that toxic community mm -hmm. how do i get to somebody like you or a dr miles monroe or dr jamal bryant and so forth mm -hmm. what should i be researching and looking for you ain't looking for jamal bryant yet okay okay so, so got understood jamal get with me we're gonna talk he he's still he he working because he's not married right now right right he's not married and so you ain't looking for him on that now miles monroe he's passed away now but he got a lot of content online right yes but I'm gonna tell you what the mistake that we make as men is we look without instead of looking within. So I'm gonna tell you now it's a difference and y'all two men, I'm gonna tell y'all what y'all need to do. You need to go through a season of just bare bones. Meaning if you look at my barber and you see how he, you know, now he probably would have a beard if, but he, he got a baby face. But if you bring your beard down to my length, right? because this beard comes from a trend. It comes from a fad that we seen happen. And y'all have earrings, right? You notice I don't have earrings. Mm -hmm. I don't have a nose ring. You notice I don't have the big beard. You notice I don't have the little nappy fro that mm -hmm. guy's wearing. And I don't have a, a blonde dye in my hair. When you go to your bare basics of who you are as a man without what culture has told you to be, that's when you find yourself and that's when you can easily see a woman but when we are a product of pop culture then we don't know who we are so then we can't begin to ask the question how to find a wife what mm -hmm. to look for in a wife so we ask those things because we literally are looking up to grown boys mm. we're looking up to fatherless men who have not healed Nothing wrong with being fatherless because we don't get to choose that. Or motherless. We don't get to choose that. We don't get to choose if we go through trauma as a child, if somebody touches us as a child, if somebody abuses us, if somebody bullies us. We don't get to choose that, but we get to choose healing. So what happened is we have so many men who have not healed, and they have a microphone. And when you think about that, that's the most dangerous thing in the world, to allow someone who's bleeding to go spread their blood on, on millions of people mm. and their blood is infected with an infectious disease and now they spreading it and that's what we have today. So what y'all first should do for y'all is find yourself and look in the mirror and look at every single thing that you have, every, the way you dress, everything, and then ask yourself, is this comfortable for me? Like what was the reason I did this? My first tattoo, was from Tyrese, was because of Tyrese, the singer. Wow. And see, that's the work that I did. So when you ask, if I ask you why, you, why do you have that nose ring? Do you know the exact influence that you seen that said, I want a nose ring? Tupac. See that? That's the work that you gotta do. And so now you go study that man. Now when you look at that man, okay, here I have a man who was a ballet dancer and he was probably bullied and picked on and had no black male friends. And he spent so much time alone and in his room writing poetry. But then his poetry became rap. But now when you're in rap, 
you're with real thugs. So now, in order to not be exposed, you have to be more thug than anybody. <laughs> so Tupac really was a like a clone, like a plant. He became what he thought he had to be. And so when we start to really look at men and we start to really peel back the layers and we go all the way back, then we say, how do you go from doing a shootout when you used to do ballet? How do you go to doing shootouts when your parents was Black Panthers fighting against the system? But it was because of not having a personal identity. And so what happens is as men, we go and we emulate and we idolize men without looking at who is that man in the dark when nobody's looking. So you got that from Tupac. My, my barber's um, icon on his cash app is Tupac. Mm. Every man look up to Tupac. And mm -hmm. if the ones who don't look up to Tupac, who do we look up to? Nipsey Hussle. Yep. And so when we look at conscious thinkers and we look at it, but what's Nipsey Hussle's story? The same thing. Art school, building computers. How do you go from building computers to being a crip? So we're not peeling back the layers of men. So when I think about it, I say, I don't want earrings because women wear earrings. So that's why I'm not going to get an earring. I don't want a nose ring because we put nose rings in cattle and slaves. So that's why I don't want a nose ring. I don't want dreads because, or locks is what they call them today. We call them dreads back in the day. I don't want dreads because a lot of the criminals you see on the news got dreads and I don't want to be associated with that and have to wear a suit or have to have an articulate conversation to prove to somebody that I'm not that person. So that's my personal choice. And not to say that you're wrong for doing it, but you're wrong for doing it if you don't evaluate the reasons and make sure the reasons line up with your true personal belief system. And so I'm in a season, I just wrote a book, I'm gonna release it soon, it's called WAR. And WAR is an acronym that I don't know what the acronym means. And right now I'm toying with wisdom after rest or wisdom after rebellion. And the subtitle is A Man's Guide to Defeating the Enemy Within. We're losing because we lose the battle here and here. We're not losing because we lose the battle out there. We lose it here, then we go and lose it there. And so when you look at it, every single man has a vice. His vice is marijuana, his vice is, or alcohol, or pornography, or sex gambling, or yeah. sex, or sugar. Mm. Mm. every single man has a vice and then what we do as men is we win one area and then we pride ourselves in that area so a man will say oh I don't eat pork but you watch porn <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't watch porn but you gambling and so the last battle we should fight is arguing over what type of meat to eat or whether we should eat meat or not because God say I've blessed everything on the earth I've blessed all the animals I've blessed all the plants so you can eat what you want to eat it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you it's what comes out of your mouth and so I stopped cursing at the beginning of my maturation period I stopped cursing because I realized I cannot mix the sacred with the profane so if I want God to live within me, I can't have F-bombs and S-bombs and even A-words and D-words coming out my mouth if I want God to be in my heart. Because God is sacred and holy, so how can I mix that with profanity? Mm. 
And we got a lot of cursing Christians, not realizing that every curse word, they put a curse on their life, and they also removing God from their life because God can't reside in the middle of profanity. And so even the simple things that we overlook can amount to the big things. And when we real with ourselves right now, my struggle right now as a man, because I'm not struggling with some of the things that men, what I'm struggling with is money management and eating. Mm. Now, I'm not like a, a big guy or nothing, but I love Popeye's. <laughs> so oh, that's a spot. I love, I don't go there. <laughs> I try to go there maybe once a month, but you know, and I, I like sugary drinks, juices and stuff of that nature. But then I also don't know how to manage money because I don't come from money. Mm. So you come from money, then you become a millionaire. So now that's my learning curve now of like, okay, how much do I save? You know, I understand taxes and all that. But so what I'm saying is I can't rest until I'm completing every area. And what men, men focusing on the wrong things. Got to stop looking to have sex because that's Russian roulette. And you got to start looking in the mirror, in the dark. Am I who I want to be? And I seen a guy the other day, pastor, one of my supporters sent me a video of this pastor from like years ago. This dude had a bald head. He had, his head was like yours. He had no hair on his face and he was pudgy faced it. So when I looked at him, the image he gave me was he played with dolls. Like he, he played with figurines, like as a grown man, that, that's how he looked it. But I will respect him more as that being authentic than how he looks today. Today he wears yellow glasses, he has the nappy fro, and he has the big beard. Looked like a total different person. Went and did a pop culture transformation trying to fit in instead of standing out and that's our struggle and that's why we failing as men mm. lack of identity lack of identity we don't know who we are and we listen to men who are loud and wrong we listen to men who don't know who they are but they speak their ignorance with confidence and that's what the media promotes so when you look at the breakfast club I know Charlemagne personally, and I met him before he did the Breakfast Club. He one of the deepest, smartest people you'll ever meet, but nobody knows it. Mm. He literally could be Moses, but nobody knows it. Why? Because of he's a radio host. So we minimize it. We look at him like a comedian. And because he's in that space, he, he probably feels like he has to kind of carry that image but he actually very well read, read a bunch of books and really smart. And he actually has a heart for change and want to help people, but got his own demons from the past that people will throw on you and label you with. And so when you look at our leaders, we led by rappers and comedians. And then we sit a rapper down, we sit a rapper down who does not believe in God or blasphemes God in every other song and we listen to him like it's a sermon on the mount. Like he's gonna bring us out of captivity when he actually is very blasphemous and disrespectful towards God. 
And in that, I'm talking about Jay-Z. So many of his lyrics are blasphemous. But because he is a billionaire, we literally having a meme go around, would you rather $500,000 or dinner with Jay-Z? Yeah. Jay-Z can't teach me nothing until I see he can surrender to the will of God. And so until we stop idolizing men who idolize money and fame and wealth versus men who idolize God, their creator, we will always be losing. And we're listening to rappers. Oh, let me tell you how to get money. I think it was, you know, one of the rappers did a, a, a event for $25,000 at his mansion that you got to pay $25,000 to come learn what? How to make money? How to build business? But guess what? That rapper not married. Don't show no kids. So what we need as men is we need a family structure and we need stability and we need emotional regulation and we need purity, righteousness, and holiness. But instead, we chasing money, fame, women, and the latest drug and the latest trends and fads in our clothes and stuff. And that's why we lose and that's why we will always lose until we come to that realization. I want to ask you this too, because I want to kind of make it a little bit more practical because you gave us one thing to do. But I hear this all the time. People say go within all the time. I don't know what pe people really know what that really means. One thing you're saying, okay, remove pop culture as an influence from our lives. And it's almost like in some ways the military does that. Like they make you shave your head. They make you shave your face. They make you put on, everybody put on the same t-shirt. Like they make you do this, you know, they put you through this like this initiation process for and break you down in some ways and kind of put you in, in a place to, Find yourself, if you will, right? You really get to learn a lot about yourself as you go through these trials and tribulations and probably see yourself in this way. But us in the real world, just living everyday lives, what, are some, what does it look like for us practically to like really go within? Is that us? Because it's actually funny, me and Ryan, we actually got a, me and two of our other boys, actually both of our boys we're going out with, they married. Uh, <laughs> some, of our, some of our sharpest, I'm talking about brilliant brothers, like these brothers well-rounded. These brothers are readers. These brothers are meditators. These brothers are really intentionally getting better. We go into the cabins, just us, no women, all four of us, isolating ourselves and getting away. But is that really even just what it takes? Is it an isolation period for a weekend? Is it weeks? Is it an hour every morning? What does it look like to really go within yourself? Mm -hmm. Now, you made an interesting uh, comparison, like with the Army or the military. Yeah. And... This, it is a similar process because they're, they are preparing you for war. And we have to prepare for war. But our war is spiritual warfare. And so that process is what I did is I, you have to take inventory of your life, meaning what am I watching? What am I listening to? Who am I hanging around? And what am I doing with my time? And so when I changed my life, Plies and Jeezy was the biggest in Florida. I broke their CDs in half and I threw them out the window. Hmm. And I stopped listening to music altogether. Hmm. And I only listened to podcasts. And I listened to Zig Ziglar the most because he didn't curse. And I didn't want to curse. And he believed in God. But I listened to Jim Rohn and Earl Nightingale and C.S. Lewis and a little bit of Tony Robbins and then Les Brown came about. But Zig Ziglar was my go-to. 
I identified somebody that I could emulate, listen to, because his life, what he was representing as a father, as a husband, as a Christian, who didn't get drunk, didn't get mm-hmm. high, didn't smoke. So I put that there, and I completely let go of music. I let go of all television for that season. And this season probably was around two years. And ironically, two years is the training period to become an airborne ranger in the military, Mm. which I had signed up to do. And my dad talked me out of it. And they told me that this training is two years. You're going to get a $250,000 signing bonus. It's going to be 25 grand broken down over 10 years, but only 5% of people make it out. Only 5% of people pass this training. But you got this score on the test. You did the athletic test, the mental test. You fit to be an airborne ranger. So instead of becoming an airborne ranger for the USA, I became an airborne ranger for Christ. And I had to go through a two-year maturation period that I didn't set it to be two years, but that's what it took. And then what I realized is on the other side of it, I also went into a class of where only 5% of men make it through that what I went through. So I really don't meet men who live the same way that I live like across the board. They'll, they'll put points on the board over here, but then they'll count, they'll cancel out all those points over here where it really matter with their wife and children. Yeah. And so I'd rather stack up points with my wife and children and then eat Popeye's chicken once a month versus being a vegan, but fornicating. And so what you have to do is you literally have to look at your influences. So right now I don't watch anything. I don't like, I don't watch anything that deals with life. All I watch is sports. So I, I watch boxing commentary and I watch sports commentary. I don't listen to any speakers or anybody like that because I don't know how they live in their life. And truthfully, all of that wisdom is in the Holy Bible. So unless somebody is teaching something that is that I need the application, like how to do taxes, that's not in the Bible. Or how to form an LLC or S-Corp, that's not in the Bible. So what you have to do practically is you have to identify who do you need to either listen to or associate with in the season that you're in based on your goals. And if you cannot identify anybody, then you go within and you go with God. And then you also have to look at how do you spend your time. And with every single thing that you do, you have to ask yourself, if I did this thing continuously, would it make me better or would it make me worse? Mm. So if you watch porn, you ask yourself, if I watch this every single day, is my life going to get better or worse? If you fornicate and you ask yourself, if I take this chance and I spend this barrel Russian roulette every single day, am I going to eventually kill myself or am I going to live forever? Yep. And if you are drinking you know, sugar or alcohol or you smoking weed, when you ask yourself, if I do this continuously all day, is this going to help me or hurt me? But guess what? If you ask those same questions about <clears throat> drinking water, eating healthy, reading your Bible, loving on your family, you see no bad results. Mm. So I strive to remove everything that is a weed. Because where God plants seeds, the devil plant weeds. So with every person that we look at, we'll start to identify their weeds. So if you look at me, my weed would be mismanaging my money. Because if I mismanage my money, then that creates stress. And if that creates stress, then that could trickle down to my wife and my children. 
So that's how the adversary will trick me into ruining my family. Whereas when I look at another man, his weed is actually weed, like it's marijuana. This man's weed is pornography. This man's weed is greed. This man's weed is wanting to be a thug. So you have to do that self-identification process, and then you got to plan your tomorrows today. And so let me ask y'all this. Do you read a chapter of your Bible every day? Do you believe in God? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you read a chapter a day? No, not I don't do a day. chapter a day. And so, but, and I don't either. I have to remind myself of that. Hey, if you want to be sharp, you want to be on your, this is what you need. Yeah. But what do we do every day? We eat. Mm. We sleep. We drink. Whether it's juice, soda, or water. And then you got a workout routine. And you make time for sex. So if we make time for things that's not going to move our life forward, then we have to make time for the things that will move our life forward. Right. And so I call it the big three. You should have three things on your calendar every day that is going to move your life forward in the areas that really matter. So for me, that may be reading my Bible, exercising for 30 minutes, and spending time with my family. Now, me working and doing my business, that's extra. That's necessary, too, but it comes after those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to do practically is literally give our days. Zig Ziglar taught me it's not a lack of time. It's a lack of direction. Another thing he said was, I've never eaten anything on accident. So that kind of taught me and showed me, like, my life is a result of my choices. Right. And your lives are a result of your choices. So when we want different lives, we have to make different choices. And what I want to see for y'all too, especially because you represent your community, I want to see y'all all the way knowing who you are as men and being comfortable in that space and not trying to appease or appeal to other men. And then also I want y'all to find your wife and understand that love is not found. Your wife is found, but love is not found. Love is created. You could pluck a woman off the street and have the greatest marriage that's known to man because God is love. So love is wholesome. Love is rejuvenating. Love is renewing. So we cannot say that we can't make love work with anybody if we believe God can save anybody. So that's what I learned about love is that if I go down the list, my wife is not the woman for me if she goes down the list I'm not the man for her because we all have preferences that a human cannot meet but when I look at can I love her and can I create and build love with her absolutely but would I maybe prefer a little bit here would she maybe prefer that I was two inches four inches taller absolutely <laughs> would she maybe prefer that I was less emotional absolutely so it's things that we have preferences and then we have standards. So she may prefer a man that's six foot or taller, but that's a preference. Wanting a man who is a man of God, that's a standard. Mm. And that's why men today too, as well as women, what I'm finding, that's why people can't get married and that's why marriages are failing. 
because we are prioritizing preferences instead of understanding standards. Mm. No further questions. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> I mean, uh, wow. listen, honestly, that was a that was a your wishes for us is actually aligned with Received. what I want for myself. A hundred percent. There's no way that we could continuously bring the caliber of men and women on the platform that we've had and not understand the benefits and the impact that marriage would have on our lives, I mean, it literally will require us to be better men, 100%. Um, as well as understanding, um, you went back to identity, us knowing ourselves. Man, that's, that's a big thing for us because I think understanding, you know, who you are, why you're here, and where you're going, is major like the influence that you said Zig Ziglar was to you that's who like Miles Monroe was to me that's the person that I've like honed into these past five years of my life and he's been my spiritual coach even though he's not even here he's still my spiritual coach I still ain't even made it through half his books and I, but I'm listening to him on a regular multiple times um a day at some points and it's interesting because that was actually he gave those those same like those were the three things he said we have to figure out while we here like it's a mandatory and he stated that most of us leave the earth not knowing those things and there's more and more noise that's pumped in to the world which makes it even harder to figure those things out and one thing i can do personally is be more intentional with just turning down the noise mm -hmm. and making what i need even louder mm-hmm but the blessing is what we've turned, we've really turned this platform into um, a blessing to us in right. many ways. Cause I mean, my job is to talk to you, you know, <laughs> you know? which job. is, which is a, which is a hell of a way to, you know, answer those three questions and finding out, you know, who we are, why we here and where we going. Mm -hmm. But man, I, I appreciate you and the blessing that you gave to the audience today, because I don't care if you a man or a woman, if you tuned into this episode today, you got fed. Your diet was met properly. Them three things, what is it? One or two things, they, is it two or three things they got to do to advance them every day? Three. Three big things? Three. The big three. Listen, big three. if you watch this today, one off the list, all right, because this was definitely something to advance you and take you to the next level, and I, I, I absolutely appreciate you for coming up on here and, and blessing us in that way. Man, I appreciate y'all for having me. And I'm telling you, the reason why I came is because I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in evidence. And I believe that God want to use y'all and that you're going to have millions of people following you. And you're going to have influence and you're going to have impact. And so I wanted to meet y'all as men to talk to you and let you know that I see you and that you are chosen because I only sit with who is chosen. Because when I go to God and say, hey, it's not many of us out here. He said, no, I got this many here. Let me show you. Go here, go here, go here. And so it's no coincidence that y'all reached out to me and that we couldn't make it happen last time. And then we rescheduled it right. and that we made it happen this time. And so y'all will become a young man's Miles Monroe. I didn't listen to Miles Monroe. I, I didn't know who he was. I've, I've never listened to him because I live with him. 
you know, I have a father, <laughs> you know, Tony Gaskin Sr. And so I listen to Zig Ziglar because he's white. So, and, mm. and when I say that, not because white is right or white is better or anything, I listen to it because our strength is in our differences. So I chose to listen to someone who had a different walk than me, a different life than me, because I know black men. Mm-hmm. And I live with all type of black men, and I've heard from all type of black men. So I wanted to hear, well, what does this white man, this Indian man, Deepak Chopra, who is not a Christian, what, what, what do they have? And this Hispanic man. And so I went to find the things that I had not seen growing up. Right. And so that's why I never really... But I've had so many people come to me and say, hey, you remind me of Dr. Miles Monroe. But I, I didn't listen because if somebody says I remind them of him, I want to be sure that I don't carry his message. Mm. But I carry the message that God gave me. Mm. And so that's why I say it's so important for y'all to go within. It's great because there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Yeah. So you're getting that. And after you have gotten that, then start to hear the downloads that's being given to you. Because I shared today with you a lot of my concepts that I have created from my stillness and my quietness and spending time with myself. And y'all will be able to create those same type of processes that you will then disseminate to the world and they will attribute it to your spiritual warfare, to the spoils of war that you gained from going within. So y'all powerful and y'all shifting the culture and you're doing it the right way. And I saw the transformation and I and I thank you for leading too because you you reached out. Yeah. And and I seen how and I know you because I seen <clears throat> you in the past. Right, right. And I and I've <laughs> talked about you on a video before, not knowing it, but it was just a viral clip that you had. And I addressed it in one of my videos. And and I'm proud to see you growing and shifting and changing because I know your struggle just because I've seen it mm. because it was the the opposite of mine mm. and so when I look at you I, I look at who is this guy you you remind me of my security guard and I look at him who is this guy without the beard <laughs> who, who is this guy without the piercings you see what I mean yeah and that guy right there He's a genius, he's kind, he's smart, he's loving, he's caring. Every man wants to cheat off his test or learn what's in his mind that's not even school-based. The women would love to have him as a husband, but because they caught up and they tripped into the world of wanting the star quarterback and the jock and the thug, they overlooking him. And so now he's sitting in the corner and he's like, man, I could be a millionaire. I could do great in corporate. I could do great in business. But the one thing I don't have is the admiration and the adulation of women. And this is what the guys that they like, this is what they look like. So I see that when I see a man. Hmm. And you don't have that same exact struggle, but it's still a different form. And and we all have some type of struggle. Yeah. So I just want to encourage y'all, man, like take this serious. You don't, don't feel like you have to be reli- super religious and don't feel like you got to ha- bring on thought leaders. Like, it's okay to sit down here with Suki Hana or whoever her name is or <laughs> Brittany Renner, you know, people with different train of thought to learn them. The same way Jesus sat and talked to the woman who had 
then had five husbands and one and he said you ain't married to the man you living with right now but then he introduced living water to her at the well so it's okay to have those conversations because at the end of the day those conversations will be had across the board so don't take That's yourself true. out of those conversations yeah. but just make sure that when you in those conversations you insert yourself meaning stand who you are right and knowing who you are and y'all gonna change the world because we see the finance guys doing their stuff and doing all that but we need real development right because we can't worship money and we can't take it with us so we getting rich just to leave it to a spoiled child but mm. this right here if you could leave your child wisdom about life you've left them everything and there you have it folks listen that's Tony, all the people that's been in our DMs, our emails, and asking us to bring them here to the platform. We've done it here for you. You're welcome. If you're not knowing that there's a membership here on the platform, you can actually join. We have challenges every month, and we take the topics that you want to speak about as well as the guests you want us to, to bring onto the platform very serious, and we're going to do all we can to get them here to give you what you need to get to the next level but listen, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Hardly Initiated. We are out.